The Arabian Nights, the 171st night. The following night, Dinazad said to her sister Shahrazad, Sister, if you're not sleepy, tell us one of your lovely little tales to while away the night. King Sharaya added, Let it be the story of Abu al-Hassan Ali ibn Tayyir al-Attar and Nur al-Din Ali bin Bakar and what happened between him and the slave girl Shams al-Nahar. Shahrazad replied, With the greatest pleasure. The story of Nur al-Din Ali ibn Bakar and the slave girl Shams al-Nahar. I heard, O happy king, that once there lived in the city of Baghdad a druggist named Abu al-Hassan ibn Tahir, who was a man of wealth and high status. He was truthful, well-mannered, friendly, and well-liked everywhere. He used to enter the caliph's palace, for most of the caliph's women and concubines used to go to him to fill their needs. He was also patronized by the sons of princes and notable men, one of whom was a descendant of the kings of Persia, a young man named Nur al-Din Ali ibn Bakar. This young man was endowed by God with every virtue, perfect beauty and grace, eloquence and sweetness of tongue, wisdom and nobility, generosity and modesty, manliness and chivalry. He was so much attached to Abu al-Hassan ibn Tahir that he could not bear to leave him even for a moment. It chanced one day that as he sat with Abu al-Hassan in his shop, there came up ten full-bosomed virgins looking like moons, with a young lady riding on a grey she-mule with trappings of red silk set with gems and pearls. Her beauty, which put the full moon to shame, radiated over all her attendants, for she was like her of whom the poet said, She was created flawless as she wished, in beauty's mould all charm and perfect grace, as if her body was a liquid pearl, in every part of which the moon to trace. Equalled by none, she stood the musk her scent, the bough her figure, and the moon her face. She captivated the mind with her graceful features and her beautiful eyes, when she reached the shop of Abu Hassan ibn Tahir and dismounted, he rose and, kissing the ground before her, seated her on a silk cushion with gold stripes and stood in attendance. She adjured him to sit down, and he sat below her while she began to demand what she wanted. When Ali ibn Bakar saw her, he was beside himself with confusion and his face flushed and turned pale, and as he tried to get up and go, in deference to her he almost swooned. She gave him a flirtatious look with her narcissus eyes, and with a sweet smile said, My lord, I come to you, and when I please you, you run away from me. He kissed the ground before her, and replied, When I saw you, I lost my senses, for as the poet says, she is the sun that in the heaven dwells. Console your heart and let it patient be, for neither can you to the sun ascend, nor can she descend from heaven to thee. She smiled, 
and her mouth glittered more brightly than a flash of lightning, and she said, Abu Hassan, where did you find this young man, and where does he come from? Abu al-Hassan replied, His name is Ali ibn Bakar, and he is a descendant of kings. She asked, Is he Persian? He answered, Yes, my lady. She said, When this maid of mine comes to you, take him with you, and come to visit us, so that I may entertain you and him at home, and so that he may not blame us and say that there are no generous people in Baghdad. For niggardliness is the worst vice in man. Do you hear what I am saying to you? If you fail to come, I will be displeased with you, and will never speak with you again. Abu al-Hassan replied, My lady, far be it from me to disobey you, and may God preserve me from your displeasure. Then she rose at once, and having captivated their minds and captured their hearts, rode away, leaving Ali ibn Bakar behind, not knowing whether he was in heaven or on earth. As soon as the day ended, the maid came and said, My lord Abu Hassan, let us go. But morning overtook Shahrazad, and she lapsed into silence. Then Dinazad said, Sister, what a strange and entertaining story. Shahrazad replied, What is this compared with what I shall tell you tomorrow night, if I live? The 172nd Night The following night, Shahrazad said, when the maid came, she said, My lord Abu Hassan, my mistress, Shams al-Nahar, the favourite of the commander of the faithful, Harun al-Rashid, bids you and my lord Nur al-Din Ali, in the name of God, to come to her. Abu al-Hassan rose, saying to Nur al-Din Ali, Very well, my lord, let us go. They disguised themselves and followed the girl at a distance until she entered the caliph's palace and brought them to the lodging of Shams al-Nahar, where the young man found himself in a room that looked like a chamber in paradise, furnished with couches, cushions, and pillows, the like of which he had never seen before. After he and Abu al-Hassan were seated and settled in their places, the maid set a table before them and waited on them. The young man ate and marvelled at the fine food, suckling lambs, fatted chickens, and other birds such as grouse, quail, and pigeons, the jar full of assorted pickles, and all the candies. What followed next I shall relate in Abu al-Hassan's own words. When we had our fill of such delicious food and fine drink, they brought us two gilded basins, and we washed our hands. Then they brought incense, with which we perfumed ourselves. Then they brought rose-water scented with musk in bowls of gilded crystal, encircled with carved figures of camphor and ambergris, and set with all kinds of jewels. And after we scented ourselves, we returned to our couches. Then the maid asked us to rise, and we rose, and she led us to another chamber. When she opened the door, 
we found ourselves in a room covered with a silk carpet, under a dome that rested on a hundred pillars, at the base of each of which stood a bird or a beast dipped in gold. We sat and began to admire the carpet, which, with its gold ground and patterns of white and red roses, repeated the colours and patterns of the dome. In the room, resting on tables, there were more than a hundred trays of crystal and gold, set with all kinds of jewels. At the upper end of the room, numerous lovely couches, covered with fabrics of various colours, stood each before an arched window that opened on a garden. The garden looked as if it had the same carpet for a floor cover. There the water flowed from a large pond to a smaller one, surrounded by sweet basil, lilies and narcissus in pots of inlaid gold. The thickly intertwined branches were heavy with ripe fruits, so that whenever the windy host passed through them, the fruits dropped on the water, while birds of all kinds swooped down after them, clapping their wings and singing. To the right and left of the pond stood couches of sandalwood covered with silver, and on each couch reclined a damsel more dazzling than the sun, wearing a gorgeous dress and holding a lute or some other musical instrument to her bosom. The damsel's music blended with the cooing of the birds, and the wafting wind joined the rippling water as the breeze blew, lifting a rose here and downing a fruit there. With dazzled eyes and minds, we contemplated such great means and reflected on such abundant blessings, and turning from the garden with the pond to the room with the dome, we enjoyed the loveliness of the garden, the gracefulness of the art, and the magnificence of the endeavour, and marvelled at the grandeur of the sight and the beauty of the scene. Then Ali ibn Bakar turned to Abu al-Sun and said, My lord, a rational, perceptive, wise, and cultivated man who is good of heart and sharp of wit, can't help but like, desire, enjoy, prefer, marvel, and find this scene fascinating, especially if he were in my place and felt as I feel. Since it was only through beauty that fate brought me to my predicament and visited me with this affliction, and since this is, as you often say, the plight of the commissioned, and since nothing I have seen here prevents me from speaking, I would like to know what is the intention of the commissioner, and who it is who dares speak openly, especially to one of such a great power and such a great estate. But morning overtook Shahrazad, and she lapsed into silence. Then Dinazad said, Sister, what a strange and entertaining story. Shahrazad replied, What is this compared with what I shall tell you tomorrow, if the king spares me and lets me live? It will be more amazing and more entertaining. The 173rd Night The following night Shahrazad said, I heard, O happy king, 
that when Nur al-Din Ali said this, his companion replied, I have no knowledge of her intention, nor do I know her well enough to make inferences and discover the true state of things. But we are almost there, and you will soon find out the situation and discover the mystery. Besides, so far we have seen nothing but what is wonderful and heard nothing but what is delightful. Abu al-Hasan related, As we were talking to each other, the girl came and ordered the reclining damsels to sing, and one of them tuned her lute and sang these verses. Smitten with love and ignorant of love, my poor forsaken heart burned with desire. No sin did I commit, save that my tears, in spite of me, revealed my secret fire. The young man cried out, Bravo! This is wonderful! Then she sang, With little hope I long and pine for thee, and what avails even the great when they desire? My ardent sighs of passion rise to thee, as if the coldest breath is blazing fire. Nur al-Din Ali breathed a deep sigh and said, Excellent! Bravo! You have sung with perfection! Then he repeated the lines, and with tears in his eyes said, Sing some more! And the damsel sang these verses, O you whose love grows deeply in my breast, reign in my heart and rule as you desire, a lonely heart that pines and wastes away, where cold disdain is but tormenting fire. Reap what you sow then, either good or ill, the lover's lot is but the martyr's pyre. Nur al-Din Ali wept, and kept repeating the lines for a while, when suddenly the damsels leapt from their places and tuning their instruments, burst with one voice into song with these lines. Glory to God, who caused this moon to rise, bringing together lover with lover, for who has seen the sun and moon at once, in Eden or on earth, who has ever? We looked in their direction, and saw the first maid who had come to my shop and brought us here, standing at the far end of the garden while ten maidservants came in, carrying a large silver couch, placed it among the trees, and stood waiting in front of it. They were followed by twenty damsels like moons, wearing all kinds of jewellery and carrying various musical instruments. They moved in a procession, singing the same melody in unison, until they reached the couch, and arranging themselves on each side, continued to play so well that we began to feel that the whole place was swaying with their beautiful music. Then in came a group of ten damsels who were beautiful beyond description, and who wore vestments and jewels that matched their beauty and charm. And they stood by the door while another group, just like them, walked in, and among them walked Shams al-Nahar. But morning overtook Shahrazad, and she lapsed into silence. Then Dinazad said to her sister, What a strange and entertaining story. Shahrazad replied, What is this, compared with what I shall tell you tomorrow night? If the king spares me and lets me live, it will be stranger, more amazing, and more entertaining.
The 174th Night I heard, O happy king, that the young ladies stood by the door while another group just like them walked in, and among them walked Shams al-Nahar. The young ladies clung to her while she moved, scarfed with her abundant hair, dressed in a delicate gold-embroidered blue robe that revealed the clothes and precious stones she wore underneath. She advanced, as the sun emerges from the clouds, with a proud and coquettish gait, until she reached the couch and seated herself there, while the young man gazed on her and bit the tips of his fingers until he nearly cut them off. He turned to the druggist and said, A man needs no explanation after seeing, nor harbours doubt after knowing. Then he recited these verses. She, she alone is the source of my pain, my unrequited love and love's long moan. Since first my eyes saw her enchanting face, restless my soul has been and no peace known. O oh, poor soul, for God's sake, depart in peace, and let my wasting body lie alone. Then he said to the druggist, You would have dealt more kindly with me, and done me a great favour to have forewarned me of the situation, so that I might have prepared and taught myself to be patient. And he wept bitterly, and stood helpless before him. Abu al-Hasan related, I replied, I meant you nothing but good, but I did not tell you the truth about her, for fear that your love and longing for her would be so overpowering as to hinder you from meeting her and being with her. But take courage and be of good cheer. Be sensible. Cherish her. Think well of her and do not reproach her, for she is well disposed toward you. Nur al-Din Ali asked, Who is she? I replied, She is Shams al-Nahar, a slave girl of Harun al-Rashid, and this place where you are now is his new palace, known as the Palace of Paradise. I plotted and found a way to bring the two of you together. Now the outcome is in the hands of the Almighty God. Let us pray to him for a happy ending. Ali ibn Bakar stood speechless for a while and then said, Excessive caution drives us to love ourselves and crave to preserve it. But I am already in peril, and it is all the same to me whether I am destroyed by almighty love or by a mighty king. Then he was silent again. Suddenly, as he stood at the window, Shams al-Nahar looked at him, their faces flushed with rapture, and their movements expressed their hidden, overwhelming passion, and even though they were speechless, they spoke with the language of love and disclosed their secret to each other. For a long time she gazed on him, and he gazed on her. Then she bade the first group of damsels return to their couches and sit down, and they did so. Then she signalled to the maids, and each of them brought a couch and placed it before one of the windows of the room in which we were. Then she bade the girls, who were standing in attendance, sit down on these couches, and when they did, she turned to one of them and said, Sing a song. And the girl tuned her lute and sang these verses. 
As lover yearned for lover, their hearts beating as one, they drank from love's sweet river, and when the two were done, on love's shore they stood and said, with bitter tears, above, of this the fates are guilty, not those below who love. The girl sang a melody that excites even the meek and heals the sick, a melody that moved Nur al-Din Ali ibn Bakar, who turned to her and said, Sing these lines. My unrequited love has drowned my eyes with tears. O oh, my joy, my idol! O oh, wish of all my years! Have pity on a man who, hopeless, mourns alone, who keeps love in his heart and moans with love's sad moan. But morning overtook Shahrazad, and she lapsed into silence. Then Dinazad said to her sister, What a strange and entertaining story. Shahrazad replied, What is this compared with what I shall tell you tomorrow night, if I stay alive? <laughs>